This is John Stepling, and this is Aesthetic Resistance, and this is podcast number 38. Uh, with me, uh, Hiroyuki Hamada in New York. Hi, Hiroyuki. Hi, John. Johan Edebo in Sweden, in my hey. time zone. Hey, man. <laughs> um, and Corey Morningstar in Toronto. Hi, Corey. Hi. Um, you guys are getting better at saying hi. <laughs> <laughs> All the practice is, is paying off. I want you to know that. Um, so, so we were just talking about, and maybe this is a kind of interesting place to, to, to begin, talking about if, if we think the majority of people globally um, uh, distrust or skeptical or outright reject the... Um, the the covid narrative as it were the master narrative and i and i say this you know on right after these london protests that that were quite substantial um at the very least a hundred thousand people and probably double that um so does anybody have any any thoughts about that did any media report on it mainstream media on the protests, yeah, they, I mean, Reuters put the number at like 30,000 or yeah, something. Yeah, I heard it was up to maybe even half a million. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that that figure too. It was obviously huge. I mean, and, congratulations to the people that, that did that and participated. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's it, amazing. Um, I, I mean, the the... I, I can only tell you that I think in Norway that won't happen. And, yeah. I, and I think that there is not a majority in Norway. I mean, the question is, do people, as we were talking about before, do people go home and, and you know, speak honestly to each other and say, I don't buy this bullshit. Um, but I don't think that's the case here. Um, this is a very much a rule following uh, culture. And, and I think that's what they're doing. But globally, or even just in the U.S., Canada, I have no idea. I, th I think the majority of people reject it. And if you look at Texas and Florida, that would seem to indicate uh, a, pretty, a pretty substantial rejection of the entire, the entire narrative and the insistence on, on these vaccinations for infinite ongoing time. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Johan. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I mean, even if, say, there were 100,000 people in London, I mean, that's, it, it's, it's a big thing, but that's only one, like 1% 1 of the population in the vicinity. So, so it's not extremely much. And I'd no, like I, to think that. Uh, I agree. I agree. It, but yeah. No, I agree. It's one shouldn't get carried away. It's significant. If it were half a million, it really is significant. Mm -hmm. And yet, um, yeah, it's still a very small percentage of the population. Will there be more protests is going to be the question, I think. Um, um, Yuki. I, um, I'm in New York, so um, my impression is that um, things are really um, within the framework. Nobody's really um, going out protesting, anything like that. Uh, I don't see any of it. And uh, um, the voices uh, that are dissenting are, I think they're firmly within the uh, corporate political um, um, spectrum. They, they, you know, you, you have um, people who oppose um, 
they would be characterized as uh, Trump supporter or whatever. Uh, and um, it, it's, it's or maybe uh, um, with the idea that uh, Chinese is taking over and this is a conspiracy of some kind. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the uh, the momentum is uh, clearly domesticated uh, to be subservient to right. the framework in uh, many ways, I think. Well, that's a that's a really interesting point, because uh, I, I posted earlier today and then had a, a big, long thread on Twitter um, <clears throat> that Italian doctor, I guess he's Italian, um, although he may be Italian American. Um, and he he had written this statement about about his distrust of all of it, the absurdity of the testing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but he also he also blamed China and had a whole sort of anti-communist conspiracy, and he labeled Tedros and the WHO a communist organization. And um, so it was very problematic. And when I went to his webpage, it was interesting because it was unsettling. The aesthetics of that webpage troubled me. Now, <clears throat> and and I'm not even sure I can articulate why, other than there was something um, that smacked of of provincialism and and uh, lack of sophistication about it, and the whole thing felt um, suspect in some way. And yet, <clears throat> you know, I suppose the question is: Do I think he's just um, a not a un untypical uh, you know, Western trained physician who has, you know, a basic kind of anti-communist bent to his thinking, um, or is he a, you know, is he a, a, a some LaRoucheite, uh, you know, psyop, uh, who's, who's there to, to, um, infiltrate, other dissenters or something. I mean, that's the real question, I think, and I have no idea, but um, uh, it, it, that, that, that anti-communism, that, that Sinophobia, the, the, the pointing at um, a, a, a nefarious oriental plot um, is something that's very common, I think. Um, Hiroyuki. Oh, well, I, 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 uh, I didn't, uh, uh... Push it, push the button again. <laughs> I'm still getting used to this thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Me too. But I mean, um, you know, that, that's that's really true. Um, I I see um, every time I hear people talking about it, it's uh, people talking about it within the acceptable framework, and right. um, uh, so. It, it, those things are bound to be problematic at some point because it props up the uh, um, the system in some ways. Right. And um, um, so it's a very, very hard to talk about this as well, because once you start to talk about why this is problematic, um, we need to understand that the capitalism has been domesticating people in ways we don't really realize the capitalism would create this reality through the uh, institutionalized methods uh, and there are layers and layers. And once we allow the uh, digitalization of our identities, um, 
it'll be uh, you know there's gonna be another layer uh, and but at the same time that's not all we are facing um, as we look at the lockdown measures a lot of people are really really suffering like the homeless people and right. people with <clears throat> disease you know can't get the assistance because healthcare is gone and it's 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 replaced with uh, wearing masks well i think the i think that i mean at least from my perspective the first step the most important thing is that people be able to get their lives back and get back to work and save their homes and feed their families and and um, somehow uh, uh, gain what they've you know lost over the last year and a half some fraction of it so that they can survive and then and start then being able to meet and organize and react to this larger um, agenda that's that's in play so so you know in terms of like this this doctor i think all you can do is is i mean his his comments are valuable we think but you you have to present this stuff with a commentary um with with appropriate um suspicion i think uh, and it gets very complicated you know i mean i i don't know among all the doctors that all the videos we have we have um, shared and talked about, uh, I don't know the political leanings of any of those doctors. So um, it's it's uh, it's an open question whether they all blame China too or not. I mean, I suspect not, but but I certainly don't know. So um, so it's it's difficult, and in the U.S. I think clearly the the true believers are in the big cities or that liberal educated white 30%. They are the people that drive the narrative and they're very visible in terms of media. Uh, Corey. Yeah, just sort of what, um, building on what Hiroyuki was saying about um, no more healthcare. I was, I was actually thinking that yesterday, I, I don't know if I mentioned it, you guys. Um, yeah, all of a sudden we have no health care. We have no schools. In Canada, we pay huge taxes. We pay massive amount of income tax off your paycheck. Um, you know, 30 to 40% is average um, every week off your paycheck. And then you pay HST on every purchase, which is 13%. You pay tax, you know, on everything, on liquor, on gas. I mean, we're just like literally, and then you property tax, on your house. I mean, you were just taxed to death. So what are we paying for now? No health and no education. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what, yeah. what are we paying taxes for? And it's frustrating because this whole fourth industrial revolution architecture, guess what? We're paying for it. That's where our taxes will be going now. They're not paying for it. Do you think that Microsoft is going to pay for all the laptops and, you know, for millions upon millions of children? No, we'll pay for that for the remote learning, right? Um, your child educated right. by Facebook and Zoom and everybody. Um, do you think they're going to pay for the 5G and everything else? No, we're going to pay. We're paying for the whole infrastructure, just like how Ford and GM, we pay for the highways, right? And then they sell their product and then we buy that too. Um, you know, it's a real racket, just like, you know, the whole thing war is a racket. And um, it just makes it makes me sick to tell you the truth. I'm just sick. I'm I'm just sick. I, I just feel like I hate 
living in this country now. I can't stand it. I need to go. I need to leave. I need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, stand it. well, I, I see, Johan, before I get to you, I, um, I feel that way about Norway and something struck me this week. I just as a quick aside, you know, it's Norway has insane um, VAT uh, if you try to import anything. Um, and most um, shops, if you buy clothes or whatever, know, oh, it's going to Norway. We'll mark it down. We'll mark the value way down because we know that the, the VAT is insane. Uh, but they're also extraordinarily restrictive about they put a law in about salt. So like, you know, tortilla chips taste like shit here because there's no salt on them. Um, you literally cannot import tobacco at all. You have to have it smuggled in somehow. Um, it's 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 this strange ultimate nanny culture. And people have gone along with the under the guise of of you know progressive health um you know awareness and you realize that that because that that became has become the precursor for now these lockdowns people have been trained to accept the state uh restricting uh things that you want and and your freedoms i mean as as kind of corny as that sounds um johan yeah yeah, yeah. And, and if you have that kind of health paternalism, that that will open the door for, for more restrictive measures in, in cases such as this one. So uh, a year ago or something like that, uh, it was mentioned that more than 90% of planned uh, surgeries were, were postponed or cancelled in the Stockholm region. And that is probably going to have an impact on uh, general mortality, of course. Yeah, well, I mean, it has a lot of places already. Um, uh, that figure that came out this week that, weirdly enough, uh, first appeared in the BBC, I believe, um, uh, 200,000 plus um, children in South Asia have died because of lack of access to, to regular health care and, and um, doctor's visits and so forth. Uh, so, of course, it will. And... Uh, Meanwhile, uh, the Academy Awards are going to take place, but first they are bulldozing the homeless out of downtown L.A. Um, because, as the newspaper said, they are a plague upon downtown L.A. Uh, yeah, Corey. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. I'm going through this um, U.N. Sustainable Development Goal report from 2020 and it's mm. just talking about how the deaths on the ch child um maternal deaths the, you know the women the young women the children it it, it could go from over 200,000 up to over 1 million that's what they're predicting and this is just the beginning right and I have to tell you like to be honest when people say oh this is a depopulation agenda like you know, part of me, I have to admit, a part of me just cringes. And I just think, oh, you know, that's, that's a little, you know, taking it a little too far. But I mean, the more I read, it, it actually is that the global south is being wiped out. So yeah. imagine that's in one year, this is year two, imagine five years of this, 
And if you look in this report, I mean, even they say the very first thing, the most preventive measure against not just COVID-19, but any disease, sanitation, water and soap, right? The very simple basics. And I believe it said in the report, um, let me just see here what, it's, what I have, the number. Um, Three billion people, a lot basic hand-washing facilities at home, quote unquote, the most, the most effective method for COVID-19 prevention. And again, of everything else, they don't need vaccines, they need basic um, infrastructure. Right. And, and so during this period of this massive crushing and annihilation of the informal economies in the global south, we've had the biggest transfer, biggest wealth transfer in history happen, you know, and then to talk about them clearing the homeless off the streets for the Academy Awards, it's just so grotesque. And what's it going to take for people to, to say enough, you right. know, like when right. do you, when when do we start? hanging the ruling class by the lampposts, I wonder, you know, it's not that long ago. That's what, that's actually what they did. And, you know, the global South, when they were, um, you know, when they were pissed, sorry, I'm trying not, trying not to swear when they were mad. I mean, they would literally go in and drag out the politicians. Uh, I mean, again, indoctrination. Mm. Um. Well, I've never understood uh, the it, at least with Americans, you know, because the bulk of my life was spent in America. I've never understood people's um, failure to recognize inequality at at a really basic level. That, and I remember as a boy not understanding the notion. We I took a train trip with my father. Um, I believe to Salt Lake City, but and I can't remember why I'm going to Salt Lake City. But anyway, uh, not understanding the concept of first class because we were obviously in second class. And I said, but but but, you know, and my father tried to explain it to me. And that's a really um, indelible memory. I thought, but that's not fair. You know, how does that work? Um, and then later things like the, you know, you go to a hotel and they carry your bags upstairs. And I, well, I can carry my own bags. I, you know, um, all those kinds of things um, pass unnoticed now, though. People, the, 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 the bourgeoisie in the United States is e extraordinarily um, entitled and, and they, they really believe they are entitled to some kind of special treatment. Um, Hiroyuki. Uh, I was just thinking about um, uh, when um, Corey talked about the uh, UN uh, Sustainable Development, Development Goal, Goals. Um, um, I think it's, uh, it's important to point out that the uh, um, in order to go ahead with those things, uh, those issues uh, must be clearly uh, be out there. Uh, poverty should be there for sure. Children should be dying and uh, health uh, should be uh, uh, supported. So um, it's, it's, it's exactly like what happened with um, uh, war on terror, basically, you know, the, the violence was cultivated by intelligence agencies, um, 
um, policies against those governments that are enemies. And um, the, the situation was created so that the establishment can say that now we're going to have to save it. We're going to have to go in and help them out. So right. it's the whole thing is really, really sinister. Um, 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 dynamics it's 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 amazing it's um if you look back look back in the history of how things were how things are laid out and what corporations what entities are involved in those uh schemes um it it's it's really really uh sobering yeah, yeah. johan yeah on, on this topic I, I dropped you the link in the chat here uh, it was from March, and there were two uh, two Swedish uh, global health experts that, who compiled data from, among other things, the UN, who who uh, showed that uh, more people have died from the lockdowns globally than from the virus itself. Like, like there were about two and a half million dead from the the restrictions from the lockdowns, mainly young people, mainly children, and. Uh, Whereas in, in the West, uh, dying from the virus, we have uh, old uh, privileged people who are like at the end of the, their lives and so on. So, so it's this kind of, and it made no news, it made no headlines, nobody talked about it, it just fizzled out. But, but it was like well-supported research. Right. You can't argue with this. Well, I just, I just think, I just want to interject quickly that... that um, the 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 conditioning in the west since the end of world war ii has been a relentless anti-communist um uh, rant non-stop it has shaped um, history books textbooks it has shaped media um and it's extraordinary to to see what comes out of hollywood now and but most recently one of the one of the problems with the perception in the U.S. has to do with the, the, what somebody called the Trump derangement syndrome. Um, and it, 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 it has colored so much. And the, this disproportionate, hysterical hatred of Trump and overinvestment and, and um, a complete magnification of his importance historically, uh, endless rhetoric about Trump. And it it is you couple that to 60 years of of this sort of anti-communist hysteria starting with mccarthy uh and and you see why uh it's very difficult for i think the professional class to to see anything clearly in terms of in terms of this pandemic uh corey yeah i guess talking again about the war on terror for me that's what allows me to make the most sense of it viewing it through that lens through that same branding exercise that same framework um for instance today on the right side of twitter i mean i've seen the last week especially and i, I feel like just intuitively that it's going to increase. We're almost back to where we started with the type of language and the type of articles and headlines coming out. Um, for instance, the one says the Sunday Times, the race to cure long COVID, the world's next health, health 
crisis. And so the race took your long COVID, right? So again, like that framing. And then the next one, uh, 40 million worth of COVID antibody treatment. Oh no, that one's already changed. So the other one was just um, another, I, I don't know, it just flipped, but it was just another sensationalist, um, you know, basically exploding that the cases in India are exploding and people here are terrified, right? And it's funny to me that, Cases in India are, are exploding just when they were starting to report that they, through um, zero surveys that they've achieved in some of the largest areas, herd immunity, or we're very close to achieving natural herd immunity. And now all of a sudden, you know, the sky is falling again. And it's just like this massive fear. And I mean, expect lots more, expect more fear for a long time, because as they've acknowledged in those communication manuals, if people are not afraid, mm -hmm. they will not take the vaccine. And it's that simple. There will be no uptake. And well, so, is it? Yeah, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm no, just the the I mean, you all saw that CDC ad about refusing the vaccine makes you a racist. Oh my, yeah, which, you know, reeks of desperation, though, and a huge percentage of health workers are refusing uh, to take the vaccination. You mentioned the the numbers of people in Brazil who have uh, chosen not to get their second shot. There's a there's a huge uh, uh, the word they like is hesitancy. Uh, there's an outright distrust, and I think that is a majority um, op opinion now, actually. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't trust it, and the public opinion of Gates has, has, has changed a lot as well. He's losing the charm offensive um, that, that he mounted. So that gives me hope at the same time um, that, that uh, you know, it, 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 it's important to remember that those protests in London were huge and significant and we applaud those people, but yes, it was a very tiny percentage of that nation's population. And remember the lead up to the, the Iraq war, the, the numbers of people globally that protested. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they protest, protested in Antarctica, you know, Mongolia, everywhere. And they went ahead and invaded anyway. Mm. So, that's what one is facing. Um, yeah, Johan, you had... Yeah, I think everybody became like politically cynical after that, uh, the failure of the Iraq, anti-Iraq war demonstrations. Uh, but I, I agree. I think that this um, uh, vaccine hesit hesitancy is racist. It's not a good argument. It's not, it's, it's not good propaganda. It, it, it probably backfires more than it works. And, and I also see now when I when I look through through the news in both of our major newspapers and in the New York Times and in the Los Angeles Times and so on, India is the new uh, horror story and everybody dies in India. There are 24,000, 250,000 new infected in one day or something like that. Uh, and I, I, I see very much about India. And there, there are more other headlines that suggest that we need um, more vaccines. We need, uh, in the New York Times, there is an op-ed uh, with the headline, the world needs many more coronavirus vaccines and wealthy nations must produce them to sort of supply the third world and so on. So, so what about India? What, what have you seen? 
Um, Corey, do you want to? Oh, about India? No, you go well, ahead. About anything, because I see your hand is up. So Well, I'm... let's finish what um, Johan's speaking of. I, I want to read to you guys. Hmm? I want, yeah. I want, I want three minutes or four minutes to read something. Yes, please, please. Do you want me to do that now, or do you want to talk about whatever you want? Whatever you want. Okay, we'll talk about India after. So, someone I really loved passed away a couple days ago. He was young. He was thirty, and this is just something. He was my daughter's um, first love of her life, and this is something she wrote, and I want to read it because it's to do with what we're talking about. And especially about the whole, um, you know, in so many ways, like we talk about, you know, even oh, vaccine equity, you know, and um, testing on experimental vaccine vaccinations on minority communities and indigenous communities that are actually showing up in Canada, at least um, there's a doctor in BC that's had a gag order due to neurological um, problems after that vaccine, but we can talk about that later. Anyway, I just want to read this. Yes, please. that's okay. Okay. I feel an anchor on my soul. I feel frustrated and tired. I feel mad and confused. I feel insane when I think of how it has become trendy to voice our concerns about minorities being priorities right now when it comes to health. Focusing on Indigenous, Black, and homelessness as a priority when our government has treated them as the very last resort for decades and even centuries. This man, Christian, um, embodied all of these factors. He has endured trauma beyond most could comprehend, lost family and friends close to him, left with brain damage after an accident and neglected into a sea of people who have been, have been deemed as a lost cause by society. This was my first boyfriend and my first love, his name, Christian. He was a good person with the most contagious laughter. He always treated me with respect and was loved by my family. Every time I saw him on the street, I would try to say hi, make him feel good, leaving him feeling comforted. But the last time I saw him, only a few days ago, he avoided my eyes and I thought he was I was being respectful by avoiding his. I did not realize that it would be the last time I would ever see him. Christian was turned away from a shelter for reasons unknown. I can only assume for reasons related to COVID. He was found the next morning by a homeowner on their front lawn. They had noticed he was not responsive and called the police. Christian deserved more than this. People deserve more than this. And if we're preaching about prioritizing minorities, we should focus on the pandemic that is right outside of our doors. Problems we can find solutions for or demand that the solutions are provided by the people we voted in confidence to do just that. It literally blows my mind that Christian and so many other people feel like they have nowhere to stay. Yet it seems like every other building is abandoned. How is this possible? Why aren't more people angry? Or maybe they are, but have not had a chance to discuss these things because we're constantly told to socially distance the word socially being used instead of physically. But these things, but these are things that we need to speak about, things that we need to grieve about that make our communities and make our community, make us communities, things that make us human. So yes, I am tired, but I can only imagine how tiring it is for people like Christian and everyone else trying to survive with little help and very little resources on their side. Those who cannot order food or watch Netflix, those who cannot 
stay inside or stay home because they simply do not have one. Those who have been long forgotten, but used as a marketing prop for corporations to profit off of. My heart hurts and it is heavy. And I can only imagine Christian being relieved of that pain he's carried for years. And that's it. And it's just obviously about, I mean, this virtue signaling that we care about these people so much, you know, if you don't have that vaccine, you're racist. And right. it's like, look what's happening. Look what's happening to the most vulnerable in our society. This is what's happening every day. Um, you know, several things come to mind because it's a really painful letter. And, and I have some experience with that system, um, the criminal justice system and, and um, you know, institutional rehabilitation and all of it. And I saw a thing the other day that in Los Angeles, they now have, um, they're building a whole bunch of little tiny, um, tiny uh, shelters, little mini houses uh, in a huge lot under arc lights um, and constant surveillance for the homeless as if, anybody wants to live that way um most of the people i know uh and i know a few who live on the streets have chosen to do that they they unplugged from the system they can't deal with the system they can't deal with the pressure they can't deal with the bureaucracy they can't deal um <clears throat> so the idea that they would want to you know sit in a tiny little cardboard you know house um, instead of their tent on the street under surveillance 24 hours a day with bans on alcohol and I don't know what else um, and a curfew and a curfew um, is, is preposterous, but it portends uh, what I think the system has in store for the poor in general. This is a glimpse um, into the, into the planned future, I suspect. And uh it's really chilling. I mean, that, you know, we all know the numbers and, and we could recite them for food insecurity in the United States, <clears throat> the number of children that go to bed hungry in the United States, the numbers of homeless is just staggering. I mean, it's just staggering. Um, and yet uh, there are acres of uh, empty houses and apartments. And I read recently in, I think it was New York, uh, landlords are keeping empty apartments off uh, the market because they're waiting until prices go up again. They've kind of hit a dip. Uh, so there's, there's very few, um, even if you had the money, there's very few uh, apartments available. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the, the divide is growing. It's, between the haves and have-nots. I, I mean, it's the cl class inequality has never been so stark, um, and it's it's worse than it was in, in the Victorian era. Uh, and and it's it the the COVID the social distancing. I mean, it is really insidious. This idea that people can't get together and talk. That's that's like genius. Um, you can't organize, you can't share thoughts, you can't share ideas or plans or strategies um, because it's an offense now to get too close to anybody. Um, anyway, we were going to talk about India. Corey. Well, just if maybe people could stop saying saving lives when we know unequivocally that we're killing millions of people through the lockdowns. 
that would be a good start. Yeah. No, I don't think there's any question. I can't imagine anybody would make an argument against that. It's just, it's absurd. I, the India thing, I will only say, because I don't know. I don't know a lot. But um, I did spend some time in India many, many years ago. But uh, the media coverage of India is 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 very clearly lurid and sensationalized and they have pictures that are taken right out of Hieronymus Bosch. I mean, clearly they modeled it on um, visions of hell and uh, it's, it's another form of, of xenophobia, but uh, they're going to blame the global South one way or another for, for all of this. And they already are. Uh, do I trust the numbers in it? No, I mean, I don't trust anything anymore. And, and um, uh, it, there's too many, there's been too many instances of claims about overrun hospitals and, um, you know, emergency rooms and so forth in the U.S. that turned out to be false that I now distrust everything. But I, I heard something the other day, the new, the new problem was a double mutation of the, the COVID um, virus. And that was what was causing all, I was just, you know, I don't know what to think anymore at all, but um, it's, it's, it's dubious at this point. And, and the same, we could ask these same questions about Brazil, of course. So I don't know. Um, Johan, you don't have your hand up. I'm just calling oh, on sorry. you anyway. No, I don't have my <laughs> hand up. I was, I was reading this. Uh, there was a new piece by, by Kit in Off Guardian uh, that argued uh, that this, this lockdown, this, uh, this great reset will, will likely be rebranded and related to the climate change narrative. And, and climate change activism, which all of us uh, have uh, said was kind of conspicuously absent from the media for the last year or so. But what do you think about this suggestion? Do you find well, I said the same thing, man. I, I did. I, a high five to me. I said the same thing. They're going to link um, the mutations to to the climate question. And right on cue, uh, Greta appears uh, in a new portrait by Joan Baez. I, the people are nuts. Um, Corey, did you, did you want to say something there? Well, and I just wanted to give people a heads up. Um, Deepti Dutt, who's a great activist and lives in India. Um, she's wonderful on Twitter. Her accounts, um, civilianair underscore capital I-N for India. And anyway, I just wanted to read quickly this thing she has eight hours ago. Great. And, yeah. then, and then all the misfits, punks, liberal intellectuals, organic naturalists, goddess-loving Burning Man adventures, and other various anti-mainstream freaks all grew up to become fascist propaganda peddlers. The end. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's the other thing that is conspicuously absent, speaking of um, conspicuous absence, uh, is U.S. militarism, mm. because as all of the, the headlines seem to relate to covid and death statistics and manipulated uh, numbers of cases 
And I mean, it is clear that the more you test, the more you will have, you know, positive uh, cases, positive test results that are then labeled cases. Um, and, and Texas should put the lie to all of that at this point, but they don't cover Texas because of this Trump derangement syndrome is for all, is the only reason I can see. Um, but, you know, as, as all of this stuff is happening, Biden appointed a, a whole administration, a whole cabinet full of liberal interventionists, the odious Victorian Newland, Jake Sullivan, um, Blinken is a longtime uh, think tank war hawk, as I think Sarah Flounders called him. Uh, and, and they are saber rattling and ratcheting up pressure on Iran. Um, they've moved troops Sorry, into Syria and, and you know, uh, it's clear that, that this is the Democratic Party um, game plan. And and um, and it's it's passing without very much comment in in the media. Yeah, Corey, I'm sorry, you said something. Did you not? I think there's someone at his better door. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, I, I just I know a little bit about the Iranian situation because. Um, because I know a lot of Iranians and I've appeared on press TV and so forth. And um, the, the, the UN and the EU uh, are both condemning Iran and insisting on sanctions because they claim there was uh, an overreaction of uh, an authoritarian suppression of the protests in 2019. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's entirely true or not, but when you consider the crimes of the West, that the U.S. assassinated Suleimani, that Israel has assassinated something like four or five nuclear scientists um, in Iran, uh, that Saudi Arabia, uh, bin Salman sent out his hit squad to take out Khashoggi and tortured him, and Turkish intelligence recorded that torture session, and it was sent back to the UK as well as to Bin Salman and then the United States. So everybody knows about it, but there are no sanctions forthcoming to Saudi Arabia um, on Saudi Arabia or Israel. Um, and then you look at the human rights violations of the United States. So, the, I mean, it, it's all kind of laughable at this point and, and very hard to, to take very seriously the rhetoric that mainstream media peddles about it. Um, Hiro, you, yeah. I think uh, uh, the same thing can be said about uh, the, the Biden administration uh, putting additional sanctions uh, against Russia, uh, uh, very, very tough rhetorics against uh, Russia. And also, uh, they just had a, a US-Japan joint uh, statement. Uh, and it's basically, um, about uh, imperial policy in the Pacific, um, um, encircling China and uh, uh, military uh, joint um, um, uh, projects. And uh, these things are, have been confirmed at the uh, 
higher level. And uh, these are big, big um, um, things uh, indicating that the empire is working at full force against the people uh, of the planet. And um, meanwhile, we are talking about COVID and all that. And um, I think this duality of um, assaults against the people um, always happen uh, behind the obvious imperial um, uh, projects. And uh, I think this is a conscious uh, uh, effort to uh, manipulate, uh, divide people, and um, uh, basically uh, prop up the um, uh, system when it is uh, losing credibility by um, going onto those projects that might not have big support. Uh, here's the fear and you have yeah. to obey. Well, just as a footnote, the, the UK um, got that information about the Khashoggi torture and, and murder. Um, and the very like two days later made a massive um, arm sale uh, of, of spare parts, repair parts for, for um, tanks and, and, you know, missile launchers and stuff um, to Saudi Arabia to, to target Yemen. And you have to remember that uh, the Saudi air force has bombed hospitals, schools, water purification plants, you know, bridges, infrastructures, they, it, caused a cholera outbreak it's almost an unimaginable uh human catastrophe in yemen the poorest country in the arab world and this this i mean you read about it occasionally on page six in the press but it doesn't elicit any outrage people get outraged if you don't wear a mask to whole foods but but they don't really care that a school was obliterated by um, the Saudi Air Force flying a U.S.-made plane. Uh, Johan. Yeah, yeah as, we, as you said, it's, it's always interesting to look uh, away from where the, the magician or wizard wants you to, the illusionist wants you to look. And uh, while the, the COVID narrative rolls on, there's, there are lots, lots of things happening, not least in the, in the Ukraine context. Uh, I mean, you've had a a kind of a major mobilization on the on the Ukraine side, where according to to Russian analysts and and the media, of course you can't trust them entirely either. But according to them, there has been the shelling, uh, sniper fire, and provocations from the UK Ukrainian side. Uh, and I, I mean, this this old Nord Stream pipeline is still in focus, and it, it's an important right. uh, goal to 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 derail this entire project. I mean, there are, there, there's extreme amounts of, of, of money involved in, in this project. And I, I, don't think, I don't think it can be allowed from the NATO side to, to actually succeed. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is, this, you know, begs even larger questions about about China and Russia and because they're, you know, especially China, but they're, you know, they are locked into supply chains and, and 
Um, they do a lot of business with the West, actually, both of them, uh, and and with the EU. And uh, it, it, there's, I always wonder what level of complicity uh, is going on that we don't know about because we know so very little. Really, we learn nothing from the news, um, and and all we can kind of point to with with um with any clarity is is the the way in which the propaganda is being shaped and the way in which the propaganda is being rolled out and we recognize certain familiar mems and themes and tropes um and images and the recycling of certain old stories and they um they they look to uh encourage in a sort of stealth way this this spike in anti-semitism and and the the new kind of anti-china um you know china is the new international jew in a way um because it's this it's a structurally identical to to you know the anti-semitism of the nazis uh, so th this stuff, this stuff finds very little traction, though. The analysis of propaganda finds very little traction in um, in Western press. And, and that's um, an interesting, like, entire other subtopic, because I'm not sure why. But if certainly if you watch Hollywood, I wrote something today about just look at the Dick Wolf shows, the, the Dick Wolf franchises, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, Law and Order, Organized Crime, Law and Order, whatever, you know, your father's mustache. Um, and and then right. I don't know all of the other ones that 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 Wolf has going on. They all hammer away incessantly on the virtues of U.S. militarism and the dangers of COVID. And there's always several um, tertiary plots going on about somebody has died of COVID. And everybody in these shows wears masks um, all the time, which, you know, long term is a is a is going to be a curious uh, study mm -hmm. at some point. Um, Corey, are you back with us? I'm here. Sorry okay. about that. No, no, no. Um, but I missed you. I missed you. I forgot to take my there. phone off the hook. Yeah. Um, I have so a real phone. I have a phone that actually plugs on a wall. Wow. Yeah, and even if all the even if all the power goes out, it still works. I vaguely remember those. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, but that's really interesting, John, that, that you, you say that the COVID narrative is like interwoven into the, the, the narratives. The script. Every single every single show. So it's like it's not a main point. It's not a main aspect. It's just like a, a parenthesis. It's something. That yeah, happens. it's the it's the background. You That's know, really um, interesting. the other wolf shows, Chicago PD, Chicago Med and Chicago Fire. Boy, he got a lot of mileage out of Chicago and they're wildly popular shows. And in every one of them, there is a COVID, um, huh. you know, a secondary story in, <laughs> or some mention of COVID. Yeah. And um, somebody died in, in the lawn or the other. I mean, I watch these shows, mm -hmm. I admit, because it's like a, <laughs> a professional curiosity of nothing else. But um, I'm fascinated by it. And. And somebody said, oh, you know, but so-and-so's mother died last week. And then in a hushed tone, the other character says, was it COVID? Um, that's how it's treated, right? As, mm -hmm. as somehow um, it's like 
it's worse than the plague. It's, you know, it, it's, it's a moral violation as well as a, a physical one. Anyway, Johan, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it was basically what, what I was going to say. But you also mentioned that we Swedish, Swedish, but Western media has a uh, an, an incapacity to grapple with uh, the analysis of propaganda, which I think is is obviously true. Uh, and th there was this, uh, I think it was like six months ago, uh, a professor of some university in the U.S. by the name of uh, Mark Crispin Miller. I think it taught a course on propaganda and uh, I'm not sure what happened or how everything played out, but he, he was basically accused for spreading uh, conspiracy theories in entertaining them during the, the course of his classes and so on. And was, uh, I'm not sure if he was fired, but he was reprimanded and he's uh, facing some kind of lawsuit or whatever. Now, I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but I, I think it's a, it's a good example of this systemic inability to deal with the, our own propaganda and its effects. Have you wow. heard of his name? Um, yeah, I, Mark Crispin Miller has several um, pretty interesting videos out, interviews with him. Um, he teaches at NYU, and I think they've probably been trying to get rid of him for 20 years. Um, uh, and, he, and he teaches media studies uh, yeah. and and uh he said um he said in in and you know students were offended and he said he had a japanese student that um <clears throat> whose comment was it seems because he asked him how was it studying in the u.s and the japanese students was it's curious because american students seem to study the art of getting offended yeah yeah i rec recognize that and and I thought that was actually really telling. Um, academia is is just a, a, a disaster zone now. Um, it's uh, it's I don't even know what what passes for education anymore. I mean, it's that's a we could do a whole podcast on the history of education, but uh, Western education, but uh, it is it is worse than it has been certainly and. Uh, I'm always of two minds. I don't, you know, the, the cancel culture and it's like a rebranding of the culture wars and that stuff always felt slightly like a distraction to me. Um, and, and a manufactured, uh, conflict where there, in a certain sense, there really wasn't one. Um, but, but, but I think it's, but I think it's quite dire now. In fact, I think it is real and and rather dire. So, um, I don't know, but you know, this is to sort of circle back um, to 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 the major problem, which are these restrictions. And I got a letter from a friend of mine who's an actor, and I told you guys about it before the podcast. And he talked about he'd been on a show in the U.S. for several months, and then he was going to—he's Canadian. He was going to return to Canada, so he had it all planned out. He got the the app that they give you to prove that you have um, a negative test seventy-two hours before you cross the border. And he drove up and he gave it to them. They accepted it, and you know they made him jump through hoops and they warned him that if he was lying. And if he you know, violated any of the agreements that, that, you know, he was going to face prison and all of these things. Um, and if but they accepted that they let him through, had he been um, rejected, 
his test rejected somehow he would have faced this quarantine in a hotel which would have been like for a week and fifteen hundred dollars or something it would have ultimately cost him um but he is now in fact quarantined in his home um and and instructed advised sternly to have no contact with his family in his own house he is to stay in his room away from his family for 14 days this is a level of madness that it's hard for me to wrap my head around even um i i i don't even uh, you know how how did things get to this point so quickly johan yeah, just a similar observation. Uh, there, there's a yearly spring kind of festival in, in Uppsala in Sweden, uh, which now has some kind of uh, a unique lockdown. No, nobody, no, no other place in Sweden has similar measures taken. But so if you if you show up with, with this seven other people somewhere in the city, you will be fined. So, I mean, groups of, of eight can't be allowed outside even <laughs> i mean that's it's kind of extreme well but i mean what does this have to do with medicine you know um um my friend had negative test results he'd been tested three times a week for the several months he was on this tv show all negative um he has a history you know that he brings this 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 test history with him shows the you know the authorities this is you know i've been negative for all these months i've been tested all these countless times 20 times or something um and then he's advised to have nothing to do with his family for 14 days this is not rational you know this is not this is not medical it has nothing to do with medicine hiroyuki I think it's it's uh, worth to uh, uh, articulate that the uh, um, um, the contradictions are obvious and it's everywhere and um, um, people point them out. You know, people criticize uh, doctors for speaking up or not speaking up, and it, the whole the whole dynamics would compromise the whole institution. And that would eventually uh, amount to the momentum to more privatization, more uh, control over uh, what the professionals are doing um, in the framework of capitalism. And the same thing happens with all the other institutions, educational institutions, um, have been attacked uh, from uh, many directions, uh, resulting in destruction of education. Uh, arts are being destroyed. And all these things um, destabilize communities, destabilize people's livelihood, and with the expense of the people and people who are in charge, they get their way they uh, the, this is the way to maintain uh, the system it's a very very destructive dangerous uh path we, we are we're seeing here um yeah i i mean there's no question that that i mean i we have to kind of go back then and because we started to touch on on um climate 
and the climate activism and the you know the green new deal a great reset and this um is is being um uh, sort of brought back to to you know the four now we're seeing we're seeing media start to cover these stories again and linking covid with with climate and so forth and uh all of the the reset um uh talking points are 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 being um reiterated uh in media again i notice and and it's um you know i i have I have discussions with people and it, I, I guess I personally feel <clears throat> this, this extraordinary fatigue, partly because of what you just said here, you know, the destruction of the arts um, is one thing, but also that uh, you, so many people are so badly educated are so ill-informed and will immediately turn and call you a conspiracy theorist if you mention any any questioning of the master narrative. You, you have to be very careful in certain situations to to not say too much. And I am. I try to be tactical about it. Um, and especially in Norway, I you know I I have a family. My wife has a job um, <clears throat> in in the school system, um, and so you know even with being circumspect one one is immediately called out people are um hyper vigilant about these things now and and so we have these several topics here we have the great reset and and this kind of global contraction of capital and and resetting of capital and this the hegemony that accompanies it and and the monopolization and and the transference of wealth to the top one percent that's one thing we have the question of, is it a majority movement that is rejecting COVID or is it not? And if it's a majority movement, is that going to make any difference given the concentration of power that we have um, mm -hmm. in the ruling class now, in, this, in, in the people driving this agenda? Because clearly uh, these measures are not about um, protecting your health. And uh, we talked last week a lot about targeting children. And, uh, you know, I, I shudder uh, since I have three young children, uh, what awaits them and how I can protect them from this stuff. Um, Johan. Yeah. And what, what in all this, one of the things that bothers me most is, is the fact that once a uh, a technology or a way of life or, or like some uh, kind of a, a structure of, of your everyday life has become normalized it's very difficult to get rid of it again especially if, if young people for a year or two has been accustomed trained in in this uh, all of these rituals all of these uh, precautions uh, everything so, so I, I have a difficulty to even envisioning how we could get back to normal in a in any kind of short period of time. That, that's uh, troublesome. Yeah, it it's it is, and I the friend of mine or a friend of a friend's or something talked about um, her son and daughter um, feeling uncomfortable without a mask mm -hmm. now, um, feeling naked. And uh, they're developing uh, facial recognition now for people wearing masks. 
um, which, by the way, facial recognition largely doesn't work. But never mind. Um, it doesn't have to, apparently. Uh, so, yeah, I guess um, uh, we'll sort of wrap up here. But um, and did we Corey's lost to us? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm here. I, oh, you're there. OK, you've been so quiet, Corey. I'm just listening. OK, well, say something then. It might be good just to mention again that the median infection survival rate from COVID-19 is 99.77%. And then um, for patients under 70, the infection survival rate is 99.95%. I mean, I think we have to keep saying that. And um, that's 74 estimates from 61 studies from 51 on different localities from around the world. That's where that number came from out of um, uh uh, prof at Stanford. And um, just I, I am very, very doubtful that the vaccine that the survival rate from the vaccine will be that high. I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of adverse reactions. I know we are right, because even before they started, they had to put out a tender for artificial intelligence to track the adverse reactions, because they knew it'd be astronomical. Right. Well, the why is there a push for vaccinating children? I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because the, the children, the fatality for for children under six from COVID is minuscule. It's almost you can't. It's it's a statistical invisibility, you know, um, and so they hence, manipulate. Hence the, hence the terror headlines now, right? That we're seeing, right? Yeah. To, le to leverage regret. Yeah. Yeah. And and, I, you know, I don't know at what point the the, the um, covid passport thing is going to be implemented or not. Um, but there there is certainly this this profound conditioning going. I saw an article just this relates to it, but I just not an article, but a, a brief little thing talking about that. The the Olympic Committee was banning athletes from taking a knee or raising a fist or anything during that and i thought to myself how how are you going to stop them <laughs> i mean it was never allowed um it didn't stop um you know what's his name john smith um it's not going to stop anybody if they want to do it it's but it's curious that 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 they bother to outlaw it i find um anyway johan uh, yeah, I think it might be worth mentioning that uh, this Ioannidis uh, has come with, out with a recent another paper where he argues that the, the global uh, average infection fatality rate is around 0.15%. So it's it's around somewhere around the, the regular flu, according to him. Um, well, it, the, the manipulation of, of statistics, I mean, you and I were talking this week about Sao Tome and Principe, Principe um, the, the equatorial islands um, off West Africa, because uh, I have this fantasy about, about going there in my final dotage. But, um, uh, and when I looked, I thought, I wonder what the COVID rate is on these tiny islands, which the population is like 70,000 or something total. And uh, the WHO, World Health Organization, has issued a travel advisory banning, not banning, but it's strongly advising people not to travel there. And this is a desperately poor country. Um, and, 
and uh, they're trying to develop some kind of tourism, ecotourism, something because they are so desperately poor. And all they manufacture is a bit of cocoa. And, uh, and I thought, wow, okay, so there's this very stern travel advisory warning people not to go. So I thought, wonder what the COVID rate is. And it's nothing. 35 people have died total for the whole pandemic. With COVID. <laughs> you know, and yeah, I mean, you know, more people die of traffic fatalities on Sao Tome than COVID, and there's hardly any cars there. So um, the why why did the World Health Organization issue this stern warning? I don't know, you know, um, except that it's Africa, except that it's a poor African country, and there's another agenda at work there, and um, that's an interesting thought to, to ponder. Corey. Yeah, I don't think they want people going to other places and seeing that nothing has happened there, like here, right? That they're not under the, um, you know, that same agenda. Um, I wanted to ask anyone that does tune in and listen to us. I know we don't have time to do it today, but offline we were discussing um, the short presentation from the COVID-19 symposium um, in February of 2021. And there's one specifically by Dr. Simon Thornley, the epidemiologist from the University of Auckland. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, I don't, Johan, did you get the paper from him? I mailed him, but he hasn't replied yeah. yet. So maybe next week we could do a, um, a show on it. And maybe in the meantime, people can find this on. Why don't I link that, uh, that video um, when we post this uh, aesthetic resistance? I'll list, um, link that video. Yeah, so basically um, he's putting forward that the first um, detection of SARS-CoV-2 was not in October of 2019, but actually in um, Barcelona wastewater in March of 2019. And if that, is, um, if that is accurate, then that means that we had an entire year of um, yeah. you know, SARS-CoV-2 without people social distancing without people locked down and without people in mass. And we didn't see millions of mysterious deaths. We didn't see teachers dropping dead in classrooms. Um, so, I mean, that's very important. And I think that's, um, will be a really interesting thing to discuss. Great, let's, I'll, I will link that video and, um, uh, and we'll talk about it next week. In fact, Corey, you should probably send me that video again. Okay. I may the link is in the chat. I, I just posted it here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Terrific. Thank you. Although chat disappears when I when I end the <laughs> so, just somebody sent it to me. Um, although I probably have it hidden away somewhere. Okay. Any final thoughts um, before we wrap it up? Okay. Um, I have a bit I could read if it's fine. Yeah. It's uh, it's like one minute. Yeah. Okay, so it's the it's the ending from uh, G.K. Chesterton's "What's Wrong with the World" from 1910. Uh, it's basically the book argues against uh, capitalism and authoritarianism from a from a Catholic perspective. I'll just go ahead. Now, the whole parable and purpose of these last pages, and indeed of all these pages, is this to assert that we must instantly begin all over again and begin at the other end. 
I begin with a little girl's hair. That I know is a good thing at any rate. Whatever else is evil, the pride of a good mother and the beauty of her daughter is good. It is one of those adamantine tendernesses which are the touchstones of every age and race. If other things are against it, other things must go down. If landlords and laws and sciences are against it, landlords and laws and sciences must go down. With the red hair of one she-urchin in the gutter, I will set fire to all modern civilization. Because a girl should have long hair, she should have clean hair. Because she should have clean hair, she should not have an unclean home. Because she should not have an unclean home, she should have a free and leisured mother. Because she should have a free mother, she should not have an usurious landlord. Because there should not be an usurious landlord, there should be a redistribution of property. Because there should be a redistribution of property, there shall be a revolution. That little urchin with her gold red hair, whom I have just watched toddling past my house, she shall not be lopped and lamed and altered. Her hair shall not be cut short like a convict's. No, all the kingdoms of the earth shall be hacked about and mutilated to suit her. She is the human and sacred image. All around her, the social fabric shall sway and split and fall. The pillars of society shall be shaken and the roofs of ages come rushing down and not one hair of her head of her head shall be harmed. There you Great. go. Mm. Yeah. Um, I just had one final thought. Corey, did you have a thought? Because you're, I see you have um, a new hand raised there. <laughs> oh, sorry. I No, okay. I didn't mean to raise my hand, but since you asked me that, just going through everything you spoke of today and Johan, thank you for reading that. Um, just about India, you were not saying anyone know anything about India. Just India, um, what is there there? 1.3 billion, 1.4 billion people. That, that's a major, and and I mean, tied into the World Economic Forum's Fourth Industrial Revolution with one of the head centers set up there. That's like a real um, hot spot for targeting the populace and, and absolutely changing it top down. So I can see yeah. why it's so important to, yeah. um, to mm -hmm. really... Um, you know, the, I don't the, think, I don't yeah, think it's the, a, the terrorizing of the public. Yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence that India and Brazil are the hot spots. You know, I mean, they right. fit, they fit the propaganda profile. Um, I just had one final thought and we'll wrap up. Um, and I think I quoted this in my last blog post, but Max Horkheimer said that, that there is a um, inverse proportion, the more, someone dominates others um the there is a diminishment of that person in direct proportion to their domination and it mm. it suggests just how empty and uh dead are people like bates and gates and bates mm. Yeah. Um, gates and bezos and and klaus schwab and whoever all the people we we know and loathe um are really lizard people they're really um they are diminished absolutely okay we'll we'll talk about that video next week thank all of you very much hiroyuki johan Corey, and um 
Thanks to Jack Littman, as always, for helping with this. And um, we'll talk to you guys soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Bye.